Well, uh, it's so wonderful to be with family. Um, I've had the opportunity to go and minister to other every nations, and I, I feel the same everywhere I go. I just feel a welcome, and uh, so thank you for uh, welcoming us as a, as a family. I want to quickly introduce you to um, my, my family. So you've seen Janneke. She's my right hand. I'm so grateful for her. We've been married for 14 years now. Our eldest daughter is Adasa. Uh, she's 13 years old now. And then we have our eldest son, Joshua. He's 10 years old. Uh, then we have our daughter, Eliana. Uh, she's seven at the moment. And then we have our youngest son, uh, Matthias, and he's four years old. Uh, so we are so blessed with them. And uh, I just want to tell you a quick story about our family. Uh, so when Eliana was born, our, our third child, she was really an easy child. She slept. She drank. Uh, there was no problem. And I was, at a moment, I, I felt some pride coming from I went to Yannick and I told her, I said, I think we've got this parenting thing under the belt. <laughs> and I think we should keep going now because it just gets easier as we get more children. And Matthias was born and Matthias humbled us. <laughs> so I, all the pride is gone. Um, I don't think I understand parenting. But we love him so much, and we believe that he's called for, for great things because he challenges everything. So um, we minister in Brits. Uh, we planted uh, Every Nation Church uh, in uh, 2020. <laughs> Just before uh, COVID struck, we planted the church. And uh, yes, God has been so faithful. Uh, in October, we have our three-year celebration uh, as, as a congregation, and uh, I'm just amazed to see what God is doing there uh, in the town. We've been there for 13 years, and uh, yeah, we love the people, we love the, our community, and uh, we even have people that are from Haifeld that moved, that are with us at the moment. Where is Marius and Vanessa of Yanei? <laughs> so thank you. Um, they're such a blessing, so please let us keep them there in Brits. <laughs> So I asked them to be here today uh, for some support. <laughs> we minister in Afrikaans there uh, in Brits, and uh, well, yeah. And uh, when when Francois asked me to minister in English, uh, I said to the Lord, "Listen, you have to help me." Uh, and one of the the people uh, got married, and they asked me to officiate the wedding. And they said, "Would you do it in English?" I said, "Yes, please. Let me get some practice before I minister here this morning." So. Uh, I had the opportunity to go and follow uh, your sermon series and uh, had, a, had a look at, at different portions of scripture that you guys as a family uh, were going through. And um, I, I like the, the series. I, I like the word messy church. Um, I like to see um, what, what you guys are going through because when I look at Corinth, I, I, I can see that this church had some challenges. <laughs> they had some, some, some big problems. And when I look at the modern day church, I, I see almost the same. I see we're going through challenges. We've got our own messiness around us. But in that, we've got the grace of God that is working through us and taking us through this process. And this morning, I want to speak to you about gifts minus love equals hurt. That is the theme of this morning. Gifts minus love equals hurt. So what Francois asked me to, to minister about this morning is to take 1 Corinthians 13, where we, we've got this portion of scripture that is so profound uh, about love and the impact that love has on our lives. But I want to tie it with 1 Corinthians 12, and I want to tie it with 1 Corinthians 14, and just to see that God has given us these wonderful spiritual gifts, but if they are not, not done through love, then the, the, the mathematical equation will work out to hurt. And the reason um, I, I feel that this morning I've, 
I've got some authority to talk about this subject as I've experienced this in my life. I've, I've, I've been part of a ministry in 2016 where I, I saw the gifts of the spirits working. I, I see people um, functioning in the gifts, but there was a, a very important component that was missing, and that was love. And I saw people getting hurt to a point where I went to my wife and said, I can't go on like this. I need to, to get to a point where I find the truth about Scripture because this is not what, I, what I'm seeing at the moment in that ministry was not what God meant it to be. And I was so gracious to meet a leader, uh, Rian Buerta. He was Every Nation Rustenberg's leader. leader. And he took us under, under his wing and uh, it was a, a time of rehabilitation for me just to get back to the Scripture on what is it about and uh, I saw in his church that there is a place where the gifts of the Spirit can function, but with that important component of love. So I hope that this morning you will, you will find that and take it with you. So I want to start with 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. And I'm going to minister mostly out of 1, 1 Corinthians 13, but I will, I will cross-reference to chapter 12 and chapter uh, 14 as well. So let's start with verse 4. It says, love is patient and kind. Love is patient and kind. I want to share you a, a quick testimony of my experience of love is patient and love is kind. So at the age of 19, uh, I was invited to uh, a youth group. And I grew up in a, a very traditional church. And in this church, there was no uh, mention of the Holy Spirit, no mention of even working uh, power through the Holy Spirit. And it was my first introduction in 19 years of the power and presence of, Holy, of the Holy Spirit at 19 years old. I remember I, I came to this youth group and we went up to this uh, green room. And at this green room, there was a guy with long hair playing a guitar. And I was, uh, I was very comfortable with taking a book and singing out of the book. And suddenly this guy's playing on the guitar. People are closing their eyes. There's no words. They know it from heart. I see people raising their hands. I see people really worshiping God. And I remember what it did to me. Remember for 19 years, I've never had a reference of, of people actually worshiping God like he's really there. It was normal just for me to do it like it's, a, it's part, it's a portion of the sermon. And then I go home and, and then I go on with my life. And I looked at these people truly worshiping God and I closed my eyes. And the only words that could come out of my mouth was the following. Ek is jammer. I'm sorry. I felt the presence of God for the first time in my life. And the only things that came out of my mouth was, Lord, I'm so sorry. I felt that my sin has separated me from God and I need to repent. And that evening, uh, it, it had such a profound impact on my life because I went home and I could really experience the, 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 the process of being born again. I, I couldn't be the same. I, I, could, I could see this old person, Harat, being left behind and I'm taking a new life up with Christ. So in this process, now I'm, I'm, I'm in the church, I'm born again, and I get placed into a cell group and I've got a wonderful um, the person that's discipling me. His name is Donnie. And at this uh, cell group, I'm growing, and I'm so excited. And then one evening, he broke the news to me. He said, Gerard, I want you to lead the cell group next week. <laughs> and I'm like, no, Donnie, you don't understand. I'm not ready for it. He says, no, you're ready. You're going to do it. I went home. I was reading a book. 
The book's name was Right People, Right Place, Right Plan. And I had my notes and I wrote everything down and I was ready for, for the cell group. And when I got there, no word could, could come out of my mouth. It was like an engine of a car that tried to start, but there was just nothing. And Donnie was looking at me and he was clearing his throat like, <coughs> and there's nothing. The fear of making a mistake just gripped me and I couldn't even say a word. And him being a good leader took over the cell group and I was just so relieved. After the cell group, I felt like a failure. I felt like I failed God. I felt this group. And he came to my car and he said, Gerard, we've got a youth meeting next week, Friday. And I want you to testify at the youth meeting. I'm like, Donnie, have you got like short-term memory loss or something? Because <laughs> didn't you just witness that? And you want me to, that, this is a small group. Now it's the whole youth group. He said, yes, I want you to do it. Love is patient. Love is kind. So Donnie could have just said, listen, I made a mistake with you and uh, yeah, we, we're going to give you another year, another two years. But you know what he did is he loved me enough to be patient and kind and to know that I need to work with this guy and I'm going to give him another opportunity. I want to tell you this morning, as a disciple-making movement, discipleship is patience. <laughs> discipleship is being kind when we work with people because Donnie doesn't know what his patience did in my life. And his kindness did. We've lost contact. It's 16 years ago. He's a minister somewhere in South Africa. But I know that his patience and love and kindness had a great impact in forming me into the person that God wants me to be. So I want to start off with that. If you are in a connect group at the moment or a leader of a connect group, have, have that love and patience and kindness. Because you never know what God is going to do with that person sitting in your Connect group. Now, what was the thing that kept me back from giving that first word is, is my first point of this morning. Fear keeps the gifts of God captive in the lives of believers. Fear keeps the gifts of God captive in the lives of believers. And I want you to read a portion of scripture with me in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 this morning. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. I just want to taste something this morning. Who of you have ever heard this scripture? If you can just raise your hands. Ever heard this scripture? Do you think it's one of those scriptures that you'll find on a coffee cup in Kumbuka? It's, there's a very, very good chance that, that this is how popular this verse is. But do we know what does the verse just before that say? What is the context of him getting to this point of not giving us uh, giving us fear, but giving us a, a spirit of power, love, and of a sound mind. And I want to read that with you this morning. Just see how this portion of Scripture changes. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Suddenly, this portion of Scripture gets so much depth because he says, Listen, Timothy, my son in the faith, I'm going to tell you that I, I want you to stir up this gift that God has given you. I don't want you to hide what God has given you. I want you to go and, and live this gift. I want you to function in it because God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you feel God wants to use you in a certain way, but there's this fear that is keeping these gifts of God captive in your heart. 
And this morning, I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit will work with each one of us to vanquish fear in our lives so we can walk by this spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind because people need the presence of God. People need the gifts of God. And if, and if fear is the, the bars that is keeping it closed in my heart, I pray that this morning that the Holy Spirit will come with a key and open that and we will go out here and let God use us the way he wants to use us. My second point that I want to share with you this morning is we need to love the necessity of every member of the body. When I wrote down this point, I, I wanted to, to first explain it by saying we, we need to see the, just the necessity. But then I realized it's not just about seeing the necessity. We need to love the necessity. If we don't have this person in the body, how can we function as a body? Look what 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4 says. It says, love does not envy or boast. It does not envy or boast. So this morning I'm going to reference a little bit back about my personal experience when I was introduced to the working of the Holy Spirit and introduced to the gifts and, and the, the different processes I had to go through. So the youth pastor that I was saved under was an evangelist. And, and this guy, when he preached at a crusade, hundreds of people would come to the front. He would pray. There would be signs and wonders. And it would be this wonderful display of God. And then I was standing there looking and said, Lord, is this me? How do I get like this person? How do I, how do I achieve what he is achieving? And there came this envy about what is on his life. And no matter how hard I tried to be like him, I couldn't do it because I was differently gifted. And I remember the day when God released me to say, you are not that. You are a shepherd. You should love people. You should be there when, when the people come to the front and they receive Christ. You should be the one that's going around them and loving them and caring for them. And there was a release to know that I need him, but he needs me. And that's the wonderful thing about the body. If I look at you this morning, I realize that there are portions of this body that need to function. And, and you are sitting here and you've got that gift. And I pray that you would take that bold step of faith to stick up your hand to say, Lord, here I am. I see this portion of the body that's not functioning. and I'm ready to take up my responsibility to get this body to function the way that you ordained it to function. Listen to what 1 Corinthians 12 verse 21 says. It says, And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. So it's impossible for us to look and to be at a place where I can say, Lord, I don't need anyone. I can do this on my own. When, when that youth pastor was functioning in his gifting, he needed me, but I needed him. And I want to show you this picture on the board. If you look at this truck, I've got an elder at our church in Brits, and uh, his name is Yanni. And Yanni's got two speed limits. He's got fast and very fast. <laughs> That's the two limits that he has. And he's absolutely apostolic. When I have to have a meeting with him, I'm in his bucky and we're driving around on the farm. That's the way I get to him, because he's moving. But you know what? Without Yanni, the church plant would have never happened. 
He's the driving force. He's a force that is driving. He's pushing and saying, Harald, we need to do this. This needs to happen. So I'm so grateful. But I am the portion there at the back. <laughs> I'm the trailer. I'm the capacity for people. I'm the one that wants to be connected to the apostolic so that we can get somewhere. But if he's not connected to me, then we're going to get there without any people. So we need each other. If I think about Philip Petorius this morning, I am grateful and I love the, the part that he plays in our ministry and in every nation in Southern Africa. Why? Because I see the necessity of the apostolic team. But I realize my necessity as the pastor of Marinus, his necessity as the pastor of a church to shepherd, to protect, to look after the flock. And when we are connected with one another, then we see God doing great things. So my question is, do we love the necessity of every member? Because we need each other for God's work to be done in every single church and ministry. Look at my third point. We need to love the uninformed and unbelievers enough to use wisdom when exercising the gifts of the Spirit. We need to love the uninformed and unbelievers enough to use wisdom when exercising the gifts of the Spirit. And this portion is connected to 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 and 5. It is not arrogant or rude. Love, it is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. When we planted the church in, in Brits, we realized the following, that there are a lot of people that got hurt by people that were functioning in the gifts without the love. And because of that, they didn't want anything to do with the Holy Spirit. They didn't want anything to do with the gifts because they got hurt. And it's almost like our church is currently as like a hospital to get people to that place to say that you don't have to be afraid of the gifts. You don't have to, to think that it is airy, fairy, spiritual, scary. It's the most wonderful, powerful experience of your life when, when the Holy Spirit is working and He's changing our hearts. He's using someone in the family with a gift to touch you in a way that only God can. And that person in the church is open to say, Lord, here I am. Use me. I'm ready. I'm so grateful when I see people experiencing the Holy Spirit and I can see that healing and I can see that expectation of what God is going to do in their lives. So I'm trusting that for you as well. Look at 1 Corinthians 14 verse 23. It says, therefore, if the whole church comes together in one place and, and all speak with tongues and there come in those who are uninformed or unbelievers, will they not say that you are out of your mind. So we find this passage where, where Paul is speaking to the church of Corinth. He says, listen, I want to bring some, some order. I'm not against tongues, but I, I realize there are going to be people that are going to come in and it's their first introduction to the working of the Holy Spirit. And I want them to, to feel comfortable. I want them to experience the Holy Spirit for what it really is. And I want you to love them enough to not do this in an arrogant way. I need you to love them enough to work with them and to be patient with them so that God can do a work in their lives. I want to touch on a, on a, a portion of, of my personal life where I saw how this can really hurt a ministry and a church. The ministry that I was part of um, was very open for the prophetic. And 
in this prophetic, there was one problem, that there was not accountability. So anyone could take the microphone, and anyone could give a prophetic word. And you know what happened is there was a, 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 a certain time where one of the guys took the microphone and he gave a prophetic word. And the next moment, I get a phone call from one of the families in the ministry. And they said they want to have coffee with me. And as we had coffee, she told me that there was an old man, 60 years old, that prophesied to their daughter of 19 that he is her husband and that she is his wife. And she manipul he manipulated the situation by writing letters to her to saying that you are disobedient to God. And when you're disobedient to God, he won't bless you. So you need to step in faith. And it was this, this absolute distortion of what the Spirit of God should be. And I rebuked him. And I told him, listen, this is not from God. He said, how can you say that? He said, this is not a minor prophetic word. This is a major prophetic word. When you speak about people's children, or you speak about marriages, this is a major. And you could have tested it with the eldership, with the, the leadership of the church. But then I saw what had happened. People started to move back to say, I don't want prophecy anymore. I don't, I don't want this tongues. I don't want this because people are getting hurt. And that was in that season where God started to take me back to Scripture and to show me that this is from Him. This is something that He wants to do in His church. But He wants a critical component to be part of it. And that is love, accountability. Then the gifts are so wonderful. And such a blessing to our lives. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 19 to 21. It says, Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Now, this is a portion of scripture that. I, when I grew up, was, was used out of, uh, out of context a lot. When I grew up, there were young guys in high school coming to me and said, Gerard, you know in the Bible it says, Beproof alles maar behou die goeie. Have you heard it? <laughs> Beproof alles maar behou die goeie. And I'm like, so can I beproof heroin? <laughs> is, 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 that, is that also part of the scripture? That's, that's how bad this context can be of the scripture. But actually the scripture is about... When someone prophesies to you, the first thing that you need to do is test it. When someone prophesies into my life, I'm going to test it. I thank them for the word, but then I test it. And it's a way that we can show love to people. If you've got a word for someone and you give it to them, the best thing we can do is not be arrogant to say, this is definitely from the Lord. I believe that I'm walking in obedience. That's why I came here today, but I'm asking you that you would test this word. That's the greatest and lovingest way for us to work with prophecy. Now, I want to show you something on, on screen, and, and this is the, the landing place of my message this morning. And this was our first sermon that we preached at our church. And the message was, a good shepherd leads the flock to the good shepherd. I hope you see the small letter G and the capital letter G. This was the first message, and, and the Lord spoke very clearly to us as a church that our jobs is to lead people to Christ, not to connect them to us. If I connect people to myself, they will definitely be disappointed because Gerard has only got so much abilities. 
But if I connect them to Christ, no matter where they go, if they move, if they go to another country, I've done my job as a shepherd to connect them to Christ. And I want to leave this with you as a congregation also this morning. What is your, your mission as a connect group leader? What is your mission as, as someone leading in the church? It is to connect people to Christ. I want them to, to get into the word. I, I want them to, to, to grow. I want them to experience Jesus the way I experienced him in that small little green room. So I'm introducing them to Christ. I'm the one showing them the way. But then at the point I need to stay back and to say, Lord, thank you. I want you to work with this person. I want you to, to do the work that you did in, in, in my life, in their lives as well. This is my last portion that I want to share with you this morning in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 24 and 25. It says, but if, if all prophesy and, and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all, he is convicted by all, and thus the secrets of his heart are revealed. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. This is the, the testimony that I want for any, peop, any person visiting one of our congregations, that they will leave with this testimony. God is in this house. I experienced God. I heard God's voice. God used an instrument, but I could hear God. He was the one working with me, and the people are only the instruments. And as they get out of the way, God can Work with them. I don't want them to go out and to be connected or to think that we, we did anything. We only introduce them to the King of Kings. And then we walk this road together knowing that they are connected to Christ. And he is my brother or sister. In last week, I had such a wonderful experience. Uh, I, did, I do counseling with 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 school, school children, and it was such a testimony of what God, God's love is for people. I'm, I'm speaking to a 12-year-old, to a, a grade 9 girl, and this girl tells me the following. She says, I don't want to live anymore. She says, I am finished with life. And I asked her this question. I said, if, if you would lose your life, do you think that the world will be would gain by that. She, no, she says, if, if, if everything ends, it will be better for the world if I'm not here. And I can see in her eyes the dismay. I can see that there's no hope in her eyes. And as I'm speaking to her, a WhatsApp message comes through me, through a friend of mine, and he sends me a, a voice note. Can't give attention to it. I'm busy with this girl. And I remember these words. I told her, that if, if you would leave earth, if you would not be here, we would, it would be such a, a, a waste for our, our, our world because we need you. We need what God has placed inside of you. It would be an empty place without you. And I can see in her eyes, she doesn't believe me. As she goes out, I open the message. And in this message, it's a song that my friend wrote. He's a musician. And the song says the following. It says that you would be empty. The world would be empty without you. And I call her the next day and I play her the song. 
And I said, I want, to, I want you to hear from God that he says exactly the words that I, he's, he's, he's testifying and he's confirming the words that I told you yesterday through a song. And tears flow from her eyes because God saw her hurt and her pain. I phoned my friend and I said, listen, I've, I've got a testimony to share. I just played this song to a grade nine girl and it blessed her so much. He said, Gerard, I wrote the song because of a grade nine learner in Pretoria that committed suicide and it broke my heart. And God would stop the whole world for one grade nine girl to say, I, I want that which is inside of you to live. I don't want you to die. I don't want you to be stolen by the enemy. There is gifts inside of you. There is there life inside of you. There is generations inside of you. And I want it to be part of my plan. So what do we need to do? We need to be open to say, Lord, I want to function in a supernatural way, but also of supernatural love. I want people to, to experience the love that I have for them is a love that you have for them. Because I told her that day, I didn't have any answers for you. With all my counseling experience, I didn't know what to say. But God had a message for you. And he loves you so much. So I am so excited for what God is going to do for you as a ministry, for you as a church, and what is waiting of testimonies and testimonies of people that are going to be touched with the following gifts plus love equals God is working miracles in you as a congregation. I will just ask if the keyboard player would come and just play for us in the, in the background. And I just ask if you would close your eyes this morning and let us just pray together. Let's just take this time to focus on God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord. It is so, so sweet, Lord. Such a gentleman that works with our heart. Father, I want to thank you that every person sitting here this morning, Lord, is part of your body and they have a specific purpose. Thank you, Lord, that there are gifts in these members, Lord. Gifts that are, that are there to bless, to change, to show people that you are a supernatural God, that you are a God that knows about our situation, that you are a God that is, is, is part of our pain and knows what we are going through, and that you are a God that wants to be close. And this morning, Lord, I want to pray for people that fear of taking that step of faith and letting the gifts out. I want to pray, Father, for people that they've got these gifts, they've got this burning inside of them, Lord, but there's something holding them back, Lord, to take that step, 
And I pray, Lord, let this morning be that step. If they've got that word for someone, if they've got that encouragement, that word of knowledge or word of, 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 of wisdom, Father, let this be the day, Lord, that they take that step of faith and see you working. And Lord, I thank you that if we make a mistake, Lord, love is patient and love is kind, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that in this congregation this morning, Lord, you are, you are seeing into the future. You are seeing people of the fivefold ministry being prepared, Lord. And we will never dream and know what you can do through, through people, Lord, who, who give up their lives so that you can live through them. And I pray for faithfulness for the people that we lead. Faithfulness, Lord, for every connect group leader with the people that they are working with. Because out of that faithfulness, Lord, we never know what you can do through love. Lord, this morning I want to pray for, for people who got hurt by people who, who did not work with love. Who maybe gave them a prophetic word that was not accompanied by love. Their introduction to the Holy Spirit was, was not an introduction that they want to remember. I pray this morning that you would wash them, Lord. Wash them with your truth. And open up their hearts again, Lord. To let you work with your precious Holy Spirit. I pray that those inner wounds would be healed. Thank you, Lord, for a leadership that loves people. I thank you for an eldership, Lord, that loves the flock. And because of that, Lord, we can see your gifts working the way you ordained it to work. Thank you, Jesus. I would just like to share a word that I feel uh, is relevant for your congregation. As we were worshipping, I saw the Lord coming with a, a golden thread. And Marinas, I saw how he took the back of your jersey and he put the thread through the back of your jersey. And I specifically heard him say, it is not to pull you down. And I had it in Afrikaans, he had said, it is not to stabiliteit te bring. But the plan that he had, En ek het gesien hoe vliegtuie opstuig en weer terug inkom. En vliegtuie ons opstuig en weer inkom. And I heard the Lord said that this congregation will go all over the world. And because of that golden thread that is between the people, He will set so many free. And I saw the color green. And... The Lord said that green is often used to symbolize rebirth and renewal. And that is his heart for the world. And he wants to use you as a congregation. And what I also saw, and I forgot that this was the message that Herod is going to preach. I saw a huge heart over this congregation. And I know that he is urging you to, in love, go out and change the world. We are not just to sit in the congregation, but we have to take what we 
get here, receive it and go out and give it to a broken down world because that's God's heart. Catherine, I'm not sure, but the Lord showed me a, a nerve on the right side of your body. I don't know if there's something specifically in healing that you're trusting the Lord for, but I feel that He wants us to pray for you for it. can maybe just come up and lay hands on her. Father God, you are so true and you are such a loving God. And today, Father God, you showed healing for Catherine. And we believe your word is true. So, Father God, we ask that you come and that you heal her. Father God, that your Holy Spirit comes now and touches every part of her body that needs healing and that she will be completely restored. Thank you for your grace and your mercy over her life. Thank you, Father, that when in her prayer time she calls out to you with such a passion, you hear her, Lord, and that you will answer her prayers. We honor you for who you are. We honor you for this evening in Jesus' name. Amen. Sure, most blessed this morning. Amen. Let's give them a round of applause. Come on. Yeah, so this morning, um, we're not going to go on uh, a little, um, for a long time, but Khaled is going to be here in front, and Yannick is going to be here, some of our elders as well. If you need some prayer this morning, and if you want someone to speak into your life, uh, I'm going to ask my guys, that uh, my prayer team as well, to be here for that. You're welcome to come to the front. We'll play soft music here, so it'll be gentle. It's still in the move of, the, of, of God, amen. Um, but there is some coffee at the back. Uh, we want you to have some communion with us, um, and... I am so glad that you guys came. Thank you so much. Uh, let Brits be blessed because Centurion was blessed this morning. Amen. It was really good. Okay, let's give them a round of applause. Come on. Emma. The word says that give honor where honor is due. And this morning I want to honor you for doing what you are doing. And I really believe that there is such an anointing upon your voice. And the Lord is going to use that anointing because you are humble. You are humble before Him and He honors you this morning. So I want to confirm that word, uh, Emil. So this morning when you were uh, leading one of the songs, so Emil comes like from way back when we were still, before we were Enops, we were open window and before my time and so emails like part of her and yaku is like part of the family like for a long time and so this morning when you led um, us in the song there was something definitely new that we spoke about 
over your life at a coffee shop uh, at Tribeca once. Uh, and God is calling you into that moment right now. And thank you for giving that. It is definitely confirming. It was amazing this morning. I want to honor our worship team. Our worship teams, God is taking us through a humility phase. Um, there was about, I think two years back, where there was like a couple of handful of guys. Um, and God is shifting our worship team in such an incredible way. He's adding to it. He's asking guys to come on stage. He's asking guys to get off. He asked me to get off. I got off. Um, and um, so the church needed leading another worship leader as a leader. Um, but uh, there's God is doing such different things with our worship team um, that is so incredible. Um, we're still trusting him for five electric guitar players, three drummers, two bassists, a couple of vocalists, I want a fuel spiller, and uh, and uh, we've got a lot of keyboards. Um, but God is really good. We prayed for this uh, this team to be um, raised up, and God sent them from all over. Um, but I do want to uh, just say that that God is not finished with us. And if you're new to this congregation, uh, you're welcome and loved. Uh, sometimes you will hear me speaking tongues out loud. Um, you will hear me prophesy. You'll be, hear me say things that you're not used to. Um, but I do uh, vow to love you uh, within doing that. So I just want to say, Khara, the word was so timeless. I don't know if everyone should know, but last week I preached the wrong, um, the wrong theme in our Corinthian series. And you know, I'm not known for doing wrong things in this group. <laughs> Thank you so much for honoring us in such a loving way. It was so good. Now I understand the veil of gentleness that I prophesied over you. Uh, which is the confirmation of what God does with you as well. Uh, Lord, we pray this morning uh, for Brits as a congregation. We pray for you, raising up humble leaders um, that do not want the, the spotlight moments. That are not screamers, that are not pushers, that are doing things in a different way when you come. And we, we cloak and we speak grief of the cloak of humility that you've placed over this couple to move humbly, but also in the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father God, for just the leadership that you've placed in Harald Sananik. Uh, Sorry, Yannicka's life. Thank you for their family. Thank you for what you're doing in their congregation. Thank you for them playing their part. And the hand just scratched the shoulder this morning. We thank Him and bless them in the name of Jesus. Amen.